Hang on to your husbands, girls. Is that it? <laughs> yes. No, hang on to your husbands. I know this, don't I? Yes. I knew I did. That sounds so familiar. Give me a second to think about it. You do. I know you know it. I know what you did. I know what you did. I know what you did. Okay. I don't know her name. Oh, God. Please let me be right. Is this Nicole Kidman, Practical Magic? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I knew Jillian it. Jillian Owens. Jillian Owens. Okay. She was in a classroom. And she came in yeah. and she was saying some stuff. I knew it. I knew it. Okay, go ahead and tell everyone about this witch. Well, we had already heard on this show one of the ants, but we didn't hear from one of the main two sisters in Practical Magic, which was originally a, a novel. And then it became the, really, the Halloween classic ABC Family Freeform classic that it is now practical magic okay and so what were their powers in there she's capable of spell casting astrology intuition te te telepathy levitation making witches bruise i i have to say i read the practical magic novel and the movie is to me more magical they're witches but it's not in the sense that you see like we see on the in the movie so i do prefer the movie version Okay. Of of this. Well, another hint that this was Nicole Kidman, because I know that you're going to do it on your show. <laughs> With Mr. Rob himself. Yes. Yeah. So this actually might be a movie that we may not agree on, because I'm going into this not a fan of Practical Magic. It just was not a movie that I cared to repeat. So when's the last time you. Okay. When when's the last theaters, time you saw like, it? Literal theaters. And then, like, oh. ever so often it'll be on TV, and I will watch the end when they jump off the roof. Other than that, <laughs> nothing. I just know there's a hot guy in it, and he turns into a plant. That's all I know. <laughs> okay, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Being a huge witch fan that you are, I think rewatching it now after all these years later, and with a lens of 90s... Nostalgia so over your the eyes. <laughs> the magic that you that I remember seeing is basically just like a remote control equipment or some kind of machine turning on. Like I remember <laughs> they were making margaritas or whatever, and then like I use my magic to turn on the blender, and I'm just like, yeah, that's some real magic there, ladies. It's like it's like Prue in the first episode when she like boils her coffee or bubbles the milk in her coffee but or whatever. You also, but, but you got to see the milk like literally just like, I can't think of the word, but it just like manifests into another, like that's a visual effect. You turning on a blender remotely behind the scenes is not magic to me. So I think you're going to, I think you're going to, when you rewatch it, you're going to just remember things that you didn't even know that you I love in the movie, so I am excited to see her. But yeah, so we'll see. And I don't hate it. I just don't really prefer it as a witch movie that I return to. So we'll see. Here's a preview of the episode, us going back and forth right now. Ryan's going to be so mad at me because this is one of his movies. This is one of his stuff. And I know that 
I have about three movies that would piss me off if somebody to my face was like, I don't like it. And it, it would, yeah, it would hurt me. No, no. You know what? You already got past that when you rated Dawn of the Dead appropriately. So after that, you d- you could say whatever you want. That was that is the movie. That is the movie. So okay, all right. Welcome everyone to brunch with the Hollowells. So sorry for that rant on the quote. We're gonna jump right into the next episode. This is all Chris centric. We get a little bit more about his life and where he comes from. We're doing season six, episode ten. Chris crossed. Chris crossed. The original air date is November 23rd, 2003. Written by Cameron Litvak. I love this because his name was totally taken and... Litvak, right? Yeah, and, and a demon was created. I love it from his last name. Directed by Joel J. Feigenbaum. And guest stars include Balthazar Getty back as Richard Montana. Marisol Nichols as Bianca. Rebecca McFarland as Lynn. And then we also have Rebecca balding back as Elise and finally his first but not last appearance is adult Wyatt Wes Ramsey this is the highest rated non-season premiere episode of Charmed scoring six scoring six million viewers so a lot of people were definitely tuned in to find out what Chris is up to the hype was real I remember it (laughs) The sisters are at P3 talking about their lives when Chris passes. They invite him to join them, but he declines, claiming research for the next demon on his list. Chris walks into a back room only to find Bianca, a phoenix, waiting for him there. She tries to steal his powers, but Piper walks in shortly after and blasts Bianca. Chris slants claims not to know her, though he'd said her name in obvious surprise when he saw her. Bianca reforms outside of P3, unbeknownst to Piper, who believes the vanquished woman. She gives the longest stare to the door and then walks away. (laughs) That look she gave when she manifests back. She's just staring at the at P3. I'm like, she is not having it. So we got to see the girls having a little sisterly moment in the beginning of this rob. Yes, we did. And we got to see Paige's face when Piper, excuse me, when Phoebe told her Piper used to freeze Leo in bed. <laughs> I love Paige's little reaction there. And, you know, finally learning a little more about her sisters after all these years. It's a fun throwback, and I'm glad that they still remember moments like that, you know? That is one. That's one of the funniest things that have come up over the years with Charm, so I love that. Also mentioned in this scene is that Paige says that she was coming from work, but we don't find out what job it is. Do we ever find out what job she's currently at? Maybe we will Ah. in the next few episodes. I don't remember, but she didn't bring it up this time. So I wonder where she's working now. You know, does she ever go back to repeat customers? Like, do they send her back to the old folks home? Uh, Maybe so. I mean, that's the last (laughs) job that she had. There was also another mention of Berlitz in this episode of how she knew some uh, Chinese. And Piper used that exact same excuse to explain how she knew Chinese when she was talking to Mark's mom in the first season. I like that. Do you really, do you think the writers remembered that or that just worked out? 
Because that's amazing if they did. I love that. Because you know how we feel about Mark. (laughs) So they have visited this topic before, and I still think that it's one of the sisters' most challenging tasks is the fact that they have to figure out if they are meant to live in the same house for the rest of their lives. I'm glad that this subject is back because the relationships that are forming in this season are rapidly jumping really fast. And Mm. Piper is now seeing a new guy. We, Oh, that's what you were thinking of. You thought I was talking about Greg. (laughs) Oh, Greg. No. Okay. So get this. I did. I completely forgot this was Greg's first episode. And even though it was mentioned at the bar, I didn't really think that he was going to actually show up. So that's another thing. The idea of living together the whole time can definitely take a toll. And I'm honestly surprised that as sisters that they don't have like little bickering fights all the time. Like I would think that they would be driving each other nuts. But I can only say that it's because they spend so much time apart. Uh, You know what I think it is, Rob, though? I mean, as viewers... We want these sisters to be together. We love them living together. I mean, I know I always hated the idea of them being split up, even going back to when Piper and Leo were getting together and she was thinking about moving out at one point. Um, But I think that they're probably just so exhausted with the demons and and everything else that hopefully, like, their bickering really is just, like, nothing. Maybe just, like, oh, you left the, the... sink full or something like that like i I don't see them bickering too much i don't know if it's just me but so it doesn't have to be a plot point it's it's just you know in reality you wonder if behind the scenes or when we're not watching they're actually like having these little bickering moments of just like oh my god like get from under me like stop you know (laughs) and you know they're hanging out all the time i mean it's a really good relationship and and i think that's great it's just you know I wonder if real life, like, three sisters could really live in a house together and be that in sync, you know? It is a big house. I know how you feel about big houses with with only a few people living in it, so. So Chris hedges the sisters' questions as they try to identify her in the Book of Shadows. Again, claiming not to know Bianca, Leo doesn't believe him, and he claims to be unhurt, but in fact has a large wound on his chest. Yeah, that was a really... Yeah, mood like wound he had that was really bad yeah chris holds an engagement ring and starts to remember the future that he came from so notice in this flash forward like the tint color is so dark and damp it yes. literally looks this is what seattle looks like that is what washington looks like it is literally gray i always picture it like yeah that. So it's, it's funny that you say that yeah when that sun isn't out it is gray, just like the flash forward so that tells you anything so chris <laughs> gives bianca a ring and asks her to marry him some kind of flying probe points at them but chris blasts it and chris makes his plan to go back in time so whoever is doing this is in tune with technology. So science and fantasy have merged in the future and they're using machines along with magic to do these dirty deeds. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a very 
dystopian, very dictatorship-like future it seems that they're stuck in, right? The return of pillars outside, I don't know, oh, yeah. pillars. But yeah, <laughs> everything is happening in the future, and they need to, you know, fix it and, and correct everything that's been going on. So with our first glimpse at Bianca, sort of in this way of like, wow, he actually wanted to marry her when just we just saw her try and rip his powers out. Like, what is your first impression of Bianca seeing her, if you can remember? I don't have a favorable memory of Bianca, and I honestly still don't like her, and I don't know why the fandom loved to bring up Bianca. Like, she was this guest star that was the end of all guest stars. Like, when you always hear about reunions with Charmed, you always hear this actress being brought up, but to me, I don't think her character was that memorable. Yeah. And she's a, eh, she's a unlikable harpy. And I'm just joking. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things for me is that she was unlikable. I mean, she was definitely in Chris's corner, but I yes, just, I yes. just wasn't feeling her as this assassin who, you know, was led astray and, and, you have no. to come back with me. Anyways, we're going to get into that. But also in this scene, we also meet Greg for the first time, just like Leo does. He intercepts the door, which I don't know how often he does this, but I love the fact that this is the one time he wants to open the door when he doesn't live oh there. Because the, whoever's, whoever's at the door, you have to explain who he is and why he's there. You know, because when was the last time you saw him in the house? It's just a weird, like, ooh, let me get it, you know? And then Greg opens the door with his sweet face and is Piper here and who the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, Leo, your ex-husband. Now, that Leo. And again, what Leo, an awkward moment. Leo could still just be that guy who could totally just be like, who the fuck are you? And I don't know who you are. And why are you bringing this man around my kid? Yada. He could be all of this. I don't know if that's the charmed way, but do you sense that Leo is not i mean is is he an evolved man or do you think he's not man enough by not being that guy no i don't see it as him uh not being man enough i see it as he loves piper so much and he realizes he made his bed kind of thing like he chose the elders but you know how i feel with piper and her dating spree so but I don't know, Rob, what do you think about this whole thing? So this has been going on for three weeks. She has not said a word. I think they've just been going out without him coming in, uh, from my understanding. I don't know how far they've gotten. They mentioned at the bar that they've never had sex, but I think they've messed around. So I don't know. I guess some moms out there can let us know, like, when is that time that you're possible significant other meets your children it'd be interesting to see if there's like a certain period you don't mention them let alone when do you meet the kid you know um as far as as far as leo i would it, it would be for great television if he was that guy but it would definitely be out of character so i mean but there isn't any kind of like i want her back or I want to fight for her. I mean, like I said, this is why I am so pissed off about how neighbor Dan was treated. Because where is this fight and attitude when it was... You know, and get it, I, I understand that this is a different 
situation and that maybe it feels right that they're divorced, especially because Piper chose this. And and I'm sure she chose the breakup before too, but do you see that fight? He was just like, I don't care who you're with. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to get in a fist fight for you and all of this stuff. And today mm. is just like, have fun. I'll watch the kid. I just wanted her to be happy. I'm like, oh, where, where, where's that guy? Why couldn't you be this guy when she was dating Dan? Because Dan's a threat. Because Dan's a threat. Because Dan's a threat. That's why. Greg is it? Greg no, is no what threat. What about Greg? Dan is the threat. <laughs> I am forever Dan. I don't care. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even know what I was gonna say. I love it. I love it, Dan. Do you think Greg's Ooh. a threat? Is that what's is no. that No, no, I just love it. You're like, cause he knows Dan was a threat. <laughs> cause he was. He totally could have won. Dan. Dan's always gonna get love. You know what? I think Dan was likable, but I wanted I wanted Leo. I wanted Leo. All good. So <laughs> Leo has found the entry for the Phoenix Coven in the Book of Shadows. Descendants from the witch trials with vengeance in their hearts, the Phoenix are a family of assassin witches who are very elite, very powerful, and are born with the distinctive birthmark of the Phoenix, symbolizing their rise from Salem's ashes. They have no allegiance other than to their own vengeance and will seek out and kill any bounty they are hired to hunt down. Paige scries for Bianca, and she and Piper find only a little girl with a tattoo on her left arm. The girl's mother hurls energy balls, and Piper blasts her, looking for the girl. They see the mother reform. Chris meets with Bianca. She tells him he'll die if he doesn't go back, then tries again to steal his powers as he orbs away. Chris orbs into the manor and says only, Bianca, before collapsing. Leo finds his chest wound, but cannot heal him. Phoebe gets an empathic read on Chris finally, and realizes that Chris loves Bianca. She finds the engagement ring, and the sisters use it to scry for Bianca. I do love, at one point, I think it was in this scene, someone mentions that they are stronger together. The sisters are stronger together, especially when they're so... They're not anywhere near fulfilling their destiny, evidently, again, because they've they got this renewed fight that they have. They have Wyatt and every demon trying to get after him. So at this point, I do think they're stronger together. And I want to say that the Phoenix, I love in the entry in the Book of Shadows that they come from Salem's ashes. That just appeal. I don't know why that appeals to me so much, but what a cool thing for the writers to throw in there. Yeah, no, I like that. Do you get, though, Bianca's mother really as this cutthroat has, well, she's fueled by vengeance? She doesn't seem like that, like, <laughs> like these phoenixes don't seem like that old, that nasty, besides maybe a little bitchy and grumpy. Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what happened, where she turned. We didn't really get a clear idea as to why she went from good to bad. Was she just, was her, her might, her soul, her, you know, will her, to, you know, be good, just broken down? She not only changes size, but she literally doesn't even care who she was hired to go and scoop up. You know, it's just like, this was not a mission to deter her. She was like, oh, you want me to go get Chris? Fine, I'll go get him. And I'll, you know, like, 
I, that's why I just why that's why I don't really care. I just don't care. You know, she's so easily turned. I I don't know. They just didn't get into more detail. So I this is all I know of her. I didn't like what I saw. Paige and Richard in this scene as well. And we find out that Paige has already made the decision to move out, even though she didn't talk to her sisters about it. So she is really into Richard and she's really into living at his parents' house because he doesn't have his own place. I, is that his own place? I think he's still living at home, correct? I guess they left him when they all just fled the country. Oh, that's after right. The it's his was house. Over. I would find that a little bit too spoily. Like, is he living off a trust fund? Does he have any Definitely. responsibilities? No. Like, does he even I don't have a job? So. This is not Paige's type, in my opinion. I would think she would want somebody a little bit more independent. And if he's just running around spending mom's and dad's money, living, I don't know. It's just, yeah. But, you know, she, like, a Glenn is more of, pay, like, climbing mountains and doing their own kind of thing and beating through their own drum. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on Glenn. God, that And was, those lips. That was endgame for me. But we we get, you know, Paige is definitely into Richard. So we have that. But then we also have her clever way of promoting the idea of a power of two. Being like, don't bother, Phoebe. We gotta get used to it someday. To do things without all sisters present. And I was like, okay, little sneak. <laughs> there we go. The writer's throwing in this page, just wants to move out. And she's already she's already decided to move out now. It's so ugh. But you know what's what's interesting though is that if Phoebe had a more effective uh active power, I would have been like, peace, page, leave. We got this. Move out. Do what you got to do, because with Phoebe's active power, we can handle most things. But she can't n really defend herself that well. So it's just like, no, we're going to need orbing in this house. <laughs> but it's not only that. They know that the power of three is the thing. There's a reason why it's the power of three and not the power of one or the power of two. It's the complete package. That is why they work so well together. I mean, of course they could do things on their own. And like we saw last week with the monster, you said, why did they have to get Phoebe yeah. to do nothing? So we also get Elise. Elise. Oh my God. Okay. So because I know the show, she's totally foreshadowing and projecting. I know why she says this, but man, does she have the best words? In this episode, God, that speech to Phoebe and the fact that it's coming from your boss to be like, go, go to it's China. Finally, just, yeah, she's just, finally become that character that you see that she really is this like she's got a heart like David with my brother likes to say she's got a heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know somebody who was in Phoebe's particular situation like I don't want to put all of his business out on the street but this is what I'll say he came to me and he literally had like a very breakout moment where he just had so much emotions to him and was like I focused on my career all I wanted to do was make that paper and once he had it he did what he thought his parents wanted him to do he thought what he needed to do in order to have the best life 
And at the end of the day, this man has so much money and he has nobody to spend it with. And not literally spend oh. it with, but what I mean is, is that he wants a partner. And he just finds it so difficult to find a guy who not only values the same things that he does, but also reaches to his financial level. Because it's Ooh. harder for him to date people who don't make as much money as him. He turned into a little bit of a snob, and I told him to his face, I go, what your problem is, is you do not know how to date poor people. It's not like, oh, you have to spend everything. Like You have to understand what it's like for a person that doesn't come from money or is not used to having a lot of it, and he doesn't know how to do that. He throws money in their faces. He reminds them subcon like unsubconsciously that I have more money than you like nobody is going to want to be in a relationship where they're constantly paying and they won't allow you to pay and he's like well I th I thought that I was doing nice because I know he doesn't make that much it was like you are just reminding him of all of this and so he really at the end of the day looked at his life and was like I went after the money I have it and I'm not happy so I mean Elise's words were like so, so, mm. so true. Wow, wow. And you see, it's just that what they say, money doesn't buy you happiness because if you're all alone, what is the money going to do unless you just well, money helps continuously. Money of helps course, to I mean, the goal to find happiness. <laughs> it helps, but yes. But yes. if you can't date someone, you know, if there's everyone in every relationship, there's always going to be one person that makes more money than the other one. It's just a way of life, you know, like yeah. you got to find a balance. But wow. wow. So the other thing that you mentioned, because you were like, oh, finally, you know, Phoebe read Chris and he was she was like, oh, he is in love with her. Phoebe is not supposed to be reading him because yeah. Chris drank the potion as well. The fact that she was able to read him is a little odd. The only theory that I have is mm -hmm. that he was super weak, lost half yes. of his powers. Yeah. Therefore, she was able to read him. But it was not clear in yes. the episode. So this is possible half Diet Coke semi shenanigans. I'm going to say you haven't said that in a while. <laughs> That's been shenanigans in a while. But yeah, I always took it because he was so near to, I don't know, I guess death. That his, yeah, he had nothing, no defenses, like everything was just like, bloop. Yeah. <laughs> so a flash forward finds a guided tour of the manor, now called the Hollowell Memorial Museum. You said that you love this tour guide, right? I love it. She was the perfect tour guide. And you could tell she knew when like, ugh, when the power of three was going to get reconstituted and the breeze was going to come through and she's just like waiting for it. Like the breeze is going to come now and they're going to go, ooh. <laughs> you can tell she does this every day and I love it. This would have been the perfect time to have all four charmed ones in one place, like in a hologram <sighs> or in a picture and just be like, these are the charmed ones because they're all dead at this point. So it's like, why couldn't they all just be there or in one spot? Or a crew outfit. Or so, I mean, something? Yeah. Like, come on. So Chris and Bianca slip in unnoticed as the tour guide shows footage of the Charm One's reconstitution from the episode Charmed again. Away from the tour, a demon shimmers in behind them, but Bianca vanquishes it with anathema. They hide in the basement and plan to reach the Book of Shadows while having sex. Can I just say, Bianca had no bra, 
and she had a button snap shirt. <laughs> so, I, I that's a very easy shirt to take off and have no problem. I'm not hating. I'm just pointing out. She, yeah, she she knew what was. She was like, we're gonna have some time to pass. Might as well just <laughs> do the snap. It's. Easy. I don't know. I don't know. Rob, would you be able to perform under these um these dire things? I mean, I don't Chris know. This clearly is, like- is known for having sex in places that are in public and closed. So I do not pass. This is something that I think Chris is well have done before. He knows exact. He does. It doesn't matter. He can get it up anywhere. <laughs> the other thing was is that the red cloak of Little Red Riding Hood was in the museum. So I'm wondering what happened to that fortress where all of them are held because when they're removed it kind of destroys the fairy tale a little bit so it's like wow was another apprentice gone is that whole thing like like gone now like that shouldn't be in the museum it should be where it belongs in in charms probably behind the scenes they probably just saw the costume and like oh no one's gonna remember whatever i'd like to think it's because that is all been done away from because there's an ultimate power now in the form of this being that we're gonna meet in the next scene did you also notice the egyptian urn from the first season as well as the i think it was the make a quilt out of oh yes it was uh, it was the face crito like, crito's face and part of his hands was was there on a pedestal uh the urn this is all going on the quiz so <sighs> Look at that scene and study it. Study everything in the background. I'm going to ask all of it. So remember it all. It's going on the quiz. Do you love the roped off sections like a real museum around the kitchen table with like the scrying crystal hanging and... But why wasn't the basement in the tour or locked, Rob? Because that basement is a hot spot. That should have been part of the whole tour. The charmed ones trained and did everything down here. My thing is, is I I don't know. I mean, because obviously magic still exists, right? You don't want anyone down there by the Nexus. That's just a literal off limits. So... I understand why they didn't show the basement because it's it's too powerful to go down there and fuck with the Nexus. So, yep, off limits. I wouldn't have anybody down there if the Nexus at is least still locked, locked in then it. or something. Or was it the demon that came was supposed to be the demon that protected that door? I guess I don't know the one that Bianca killed. Maybe he was the do not enter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the present, Bianca rummages through her mother's house. When her mother shimmers in, Bianca shows the tattoo and demands to know where the grimoire is. The mother shimmers the grimoire in, and Bianca quickly reads the spell. The charmed ones suddenly lose their inhibitions, worrying Leo, thankfully. In the future, Chris and Bianca have reached the attic. Chris is to pass himself off as the charmed one's white lighter. There is only a holographic image of the Book of Shadows, but Chris plans to summon the real one there. So a few things. I know this has been asked before, but we know when we see Chris in Oh My Goddess, he's wearing like a green coat and everything. So we always assume that he came right from the past at that very moment. But I'm assuming now because his outfit is different from what he came in the future previously that he might have been there for a little while planning things behind the scenes waiting for his moment 
maybe remembering the Titans did come and he did use that whole storyline like he did. That's a great observation. Yeah, I I will say that he was probably there for a little bit before actually coming in at that right time to save Paige. And the other thing is with um, Bianca's mother. I do like the scene. Like, I felt that that woman really was a mother. Like, she, the few scenes that she was in, I liked her acting. Now, again, her daughter, I, I feel differently about. But her mother, and we, and this is the scene, right, that she says that when she, <laughs> when, when she asked how it is to kill, don't lie to me. So, I, yeah. It's a little questionable like i if i had a kid i i would do my very best not to ever lie or shield them to protect their childhood or whatever because my thing is if they're old enough to ask i think they're old enough to to maybe hear the answer and that's not for every single question i would never tell a child oh it's easy to kill but if they are aware of what demons are and all this jazz like you can you can and not embellish the truth like it's it's not, i mean it's not the easiest thing or you know she literally lied i don't know what she said to her but to be like oh you don't feel a goddamn thing about it like you just move on like i would never say that like that's yeah that's not because i mean when they i mean i guess you don't expect your kid to do it but maybe she was coming from a demon's perspective and not understanding that bianca might have some remorse over it i don't know it, their relationship is actually an interesting tale that we never got, but she obviously grew up and is is holding on to some of that stuff that her mom told her. But the mother was clearly very affectionate to her, towards her because since she's saying even like, can't you stay for a while? Like, so it's not like these are like cutthroat, like they're described in the Book of Shadows, I think, like these vengeful people that are just, you know, vengeful out for I guess Bianca turned out to be that way, but her mother seems different. Yeah. Well, I love this because we finally get an example of how it should go in this house when somebody is under a spell. Leo quickly knew that they were all under. He was like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, you guys would never do this. You're under a spell. You got to fight it. I was like, yes. It only took two seconds to figure out if they were under something. It was beautiful. That Thank is how God. I like that's how I like it executed. And then have the conflict be turning them back. But this whole thing of like, what's wrong with you today? Why are you I was like, no, no, you should know better. So I like that Leo figured it out right away. So with the sisters scattered, Bianca attacks Leo and shimmers away with Chris. Piper is getting horizontal with Greg on top of a fire truck. <laughs> when Leo orbs in Piper. <laughs> <laughs> when Leo orbs in, sorry, Piper alarmed, freezes Greg, and Leo throws a potion, freeing Piper of the spell, and Paige is with Richard when Leo and Piper orb in, and Leo throws another potion. This is hilarious. So both Piper and Leo's look, when she realizes what she oh did- Oh god. That is uncomfortable. Yes. I have a question for you. If you care to answer, you do not have to, but what would you say is the sketchiest or unconventional place that you have done s stuff? Ooh, I wish I had like a fun answer. I guess a, a car, really. I wish, I really wish I had something more interesting than a car, but what, what if where that, was yeah, the Where was car? the car park? <gasps> 
It was, oh my God, actually, this is bad because it was at a, <laughs> it was at a Charles Dickens Christmas parade. Okay. And there, and it was uh, in a parking lot during that. So were people like walking by or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there could have been. Yes, it was a busy, busy town and a busy parking lot. That's a fun answer. But it was, I was, oh my God, it was, I was so young. It was, it was the first thrill. That was actually, oh my God, I don't even know if I should go on, but that was my first experience too. It was starting a Christmas parade. It was a Christmas parade. You, yes. Freaking kinky bastard. Look at you in a car. I can't believe you were that comfortable to go along with this on your first Uh, go. The guy took the lead, definitely. And that's another story too for another time. Oh my. All right. No, that's fair. I'm actually very proud of you for answering. You did not have to, but thank you for that. Uh, For me, I would say a literal sold-out movie theater auditorium. What? Yeah. Auditorium. That's probably the closest. sold out, meaning every seat taken. So, obviously, I didn't make it that far, but I I was doing stuff under a coat. Yes. Well, how big was this coat? It was huge. It was a big coat. A <laughs> it was a very big coat. And wow. Yeah. But there, there's been multiple movie theater wow. uh, opportunities. He's sitting, in, he's sitting in one right now, people. So what do you think about the love story that's being brought to us right now with Bianca and Chris? Like, we get more of this you know i love you make sure to change the future or the past so we can have a future together her commitment into helping him and possibly losing him forever all this like what do you think of like did did that did that make you like bianca a little bit more did you learn more about chris did you even like their pairing I I will say the only moments I'll give Bianca that I could tolerate her is when she is helping Chris and she's drawing the triquatra on the wall and she's giving helping him out. But I think part of this whole thing that I have with her is I do not see chemistry between the two actors. I don't buy it. I don't I don't know. It and this is nothing against Drew Fuller, but she comes off as more of this like I don't know. He just seems too meek to me. To I don't know. There's a whole thing in my head. I don't see the pairing. And of course, that's stupid of me to say, like, um, someone's meek and someone's bolder that they don't go together. But it's just something about the chemistry, to me, on screen of the two of these. And that's why I never understood this whole big love. If it was acted differently, I believe, this storyline would have been a cool, like, Cole and Phoebe storyline. But you know, done again in a different way, kind of like history repeats itself. But I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't like it. Can you imagine (laughs) if Bianca found out that Chris slept with Natalie? Oh. You wonder if she would have been super pissed to find that out. She probably would, and she probably would have killed that woman. But what do you think? Do you... With their chemistry and everything, I mean, do you do you see more than I do? I I don't I don't think I really paid attention too much to their chemistry, and and, and it, I think it's especially because I already know what happens with the two of them, and that's the other thing is that we don't ever see her again, so it's just like okay, there's no follow up or anything. So it, as far as their chemistry, I believed it for the episode's sake, but otherwise, it really didn't matter to me. 
even when Chris holding that ring and Bianca, ugh, no, no. Well, you also are on this thing like he is gay as shit. So I mean, well, maybe it's just not even is, believable. It's not. Well, you 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 took it right out of my mouth. That's the only reason. I mean, this has been going on since I was a teenager watching these on the WB. Yeah. Greg and Piper were right on the fire truck, but I always thought, Rob, that all the other fire people were always there throughout the day. Like, well, this was just like... Well, given that he was, you know, a fireman himself, either one, they were out on a job, or two, they uh, were closed. I mean, I think they're open every single day, right? Yeah, because I thought some people sleep there, and then they slide down the poles, and they... They the were either sleep or out <laughs> for the night, like, something where, to you know, to where it was just empty. I, you know... That's just one of the less the, they didn't have a fireman as a consultant to give them the ins and out. A fireman will probably listen to this episode and be like, shenanigans, there's always must, somebody there. But they must have rented, right? Or like was allowed to be in a fire because that looked like a huge fire truck, like a real place. So yeah. I wonder if they actually went to on location somewhere. I, where on the fire truck is there soft enough space or flat enough <laughs> space to even do it on? Like, I, yeah. That must have been Piper fun. Piper didn't even bring her coat to cover herself up with. That must have been fun. I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think of Greg, though? Because Greg was just like, this is a sudden change in you. You wouldn't normally do this. All of a sudden, you want to get down. Like, <gasps> for him to be vulnerable enough to just be like, I'm not just going to take advantage of you. I don't know. What do you What do you think about Greg? Is he too soft? So I guess we assume they actually finished the act right yes I mean, they were naked yeah so, oh wow oh my god i feel so bad for leo i just can't stop thinking about that um i want to say that they did they have to right they were naked what the hell i mean they just got naked under the sheet and we're just gonna yeah roll around maybe i i think he just might have thought like she was just in the mood today damn she has more time than she ever thinks that she has what we ever hear is they have no personal time she has time to go on three weeks of dates damn in the future, Bianca draws a large triquatro on the wall of the attic. Bianca gives Chris her engagement ring as a keepsake. Chris summons the real Book of Shadows with a spell. I call upon the ancient power to help us in this darkest hour. Let the book return to this place. Claim refuge in its rightful space. Anne reads another spell to open a portal in the triquetra. Hear these words, hear the rhyme. Heed the hope within my mind. Send me back to where I'll find what I wish in place and time. Why did I almost with this spell, I almost said it's bobsled time. <laughs> because because the, hear the rhyme. Hear the rhyme oh. is the straight quote from the movie. And I almost said it's bobsled time. <laughs> you sure have. That's another movie. Cool Charmies. runnings, man. Oh, so good. Uh, but yeah, hear the rhyme. It's bobsled time. Okay. Go ahead. A demon shimmers in after them, but Bianca fights him off. In the present, Bianca prepares to open a time portal as the Charmed Ones orb in. Bianca holds a knife to Piper's throat, but Chris convinces her not to kill Piper. She steps through the portal with Bianca and is met by several bodyguards and a long-haired man. The full-grown Wyatt. The sisters plan to save Chris... Chris had pointed out a squeaky board in the attic, and the sisters plan to use it to send Chris his powers. They slip a note under the board with that spell. I love that using the attic board. I love that 
they were smart enough to catch on. I was love that Chris was smart enough to even think of it. And I do like that they used a spell to call the real Book of Shadows to the attic and it's in the place that it was. I, I just, I love that. And at one point, I do like when Paige says to Leo that he's come a long way, baby, with things. <laughs> I just like when Pipe, uh, excuse me, um, Leo and Paige have little scenes together. I don't know why, because I feel like he was early, he was there with her early on and they went to the past together. I just like the little nuances I, with those two. Yeah. My God. So here we go, Rob. We get adult Wyatt. So we get to see sort of the outcome and the result as to why Chris is in the past this whole time is to prevent from adult Wyatt becoming evil and turning into this dictator. It, it's it's so crazy to see him. What did you think of this look of Wyatt? Did you picture him looking the way that he did? What was your first inter- like impression? No, I remember being shocked back in the day when he said hello Wyatt and that's who appeared oh my goodness the first thing that I thought of was like <laughs> oh my god it's that gay guy from latter days that's the only thing yes. that popped in my head his look was definitely weird I mean the facial stuff I could do without but I mean mm. they had to signify that he was a grown man and he does sort of have a childlike baby face to him so I get it but he, they gave him the long curl. It's so that's so funny. I love it. Does he look like the lead singer? Is it Nickelback? Yes, yes, yes. There's <laughs> a definitely Nickelback here for sure. I'm thinking like the like the T-shirt and just like. So we also find out in this scene, the sisters find out that Chris is a witch. Oh my god, Paige's reaction is priceless. Her face, she was just like, <laughs> "You're a witch," <laughs> You're, you know. But he mentions the floorboard, and I think that's a very nice touch. So in the future, Chris and Bianca confront Wyatt, who has become an evil witch king. Wyatt tells Chris he will spare his life if he promises never to cross him again. Chris won't make that promise, and so Wyatt raises a hand and blows Chris across the attic. Bianca restrains Wyatt while Chris looks for the note. He reads the spell and gets his powers back. Powers of the riches rise, come to me from across the skies, return my magic, give me back all that was taken from the attack. He and Bianca fight Wyatt off, but Bianca is fatally injured. I mean, Lost Boys, David, Antlers, stomach injured. Like, this is... Oh my god, like, right in the stomach with a wooden stake injured. Like, oh, oh that was, yeah... Chris reads a spell from the Book of Shadows and jumps back to the present. Chris tells the sisters he came from the future to save Wyatt from what he won't say. Later that night, Piper, Phoebe, and Paige have a meeting. And Piper tells them to move out and join their boyfriends. Now, under the inhibition spell, it was clear what the two of them wanted at that time. So it's clearly in their minds, it's in their head, they are contemplating the idea she just says, do it. Uh, she doesn't want these sisters to end up like Grams and grow up in this house and have, like, she, she, what do you think, like, was this the right thing for her to do? 
I remember being so sad at the end of this when I originally saw it. And it's not that you're pissed off, but it's almost like you said earlier, if you want to move out, then move out. Then what do you, what am I going to do? You know, like, I think that's what Piper's saying at this point. Plus, you know, she has a new focus possibly going forward. It was a good way to cliffhanger to our, you know, like picking up for the remainder of the season, mm-hmm. you know, when we do come back. So I was, I was wondering oh, what was going to happen. Oh my God. What about you? I mean, I, I wouldn't just pick one sister and be like, okay, you can move out now. And then if it works, then you can too. To, to have them both leave at the same time has got to be super tough. I know that Piper sometimes relies on her sisters to help with Wyatt too. So I think, you know, as long as we see Leo more in the game, I, I, I would say that they can survive this. But to have them both move out at the same time, that's a huge step. So hopefully it works out. Especially after what just happened, I don't understand why they would do it as sisters, as aunts, as their characters that they normally, especially Phoebe's going to China. I love though, Leo was like, okay, so this is how time travel works. It's like, you know what? You know what? I I have a headache. I really don't care. I don't care to know. I love that moment so much. And that's the other thing too, is that TV shows and movies always try and explain it. And they always say something wrong or stupid. And it just doesn't make sense. And she's, Phoebe's just like, I don't even care. It worked good for you. I did. That was a great moment. Yeah. So a few notes. We got another telekinesis witch with Chris. Here we go. Telekinesis is the most common power found in the magic community, evidently. And I also got to give it up to Bianca as I'm not a fan of hers, clearly, as I've just said the last hour. But she must have been strong enough to be able to hold Wyatt long enough for Chris to be able to do the spell. So... You know, we're under the impression that Wyatt is like a king as they as they describe him as in this. So yes, Bianca actually, yeah, pretty strong there. The ending, I do love though that they're holding hands. I do like that Piper mentions their mother and Grams. But Rob, to me, and then she kind of throws Prue in at the end, and she's just like, they everyone sacrificed their lives. And even Prue, like it was just like a question. Like what? Like, oh yeah, and even Prue did it. Uh, really? Like, that should have been one of the first things you mentioned after your mother. You know, it, like, it should have just been, like, common sense, like, well, they did it, and even Prue. Oh, I'm sorry, she's been dead for two years. <laughs> I, I don't know, that rubbed me the wrong way. Did I take that the, the no, way No, she is your favorite witch. That's exactly how you should be responding, so... I totally get it. So that concludes episode 10 of season six, Crisscrossed. Crisscrossed! All right, what did you think of today's episode? One of my favorite in season six from the very beginning. Very nice. Uh, We learned a lot. We got a lot and a lot happened. I thought this episode was cool. It wasn't the best, but... I get it. It was a time for us to really get into the story. We're almost halfway into the season and we still didn't know too much about Chris. It was time for this to happen. So I think that it it served that definite purpose again with the whole Bianca thing. I don't dislike her even more than I did before, but nothing has really changed. She's not my favorite character. 
She's just not. Do I think she doesn't deserve to be in the episode or anything? No, not at all. No, I'm not saying that. I just, I just don't care. And again, there's not much more of her that we get. And did he return from the future just so they can have a happy ending or for the greater good? What? I mean, I mean, if it was, I don't know. It's just this love story. It didn't have to be there. I think him coming back trying to save the world is good enough. It's it's fine. It would have been interesting if Chris had flashed forward a couple times to build up the Bianca character. And then when we finally oh, see her yes. in so P3, much if we saw her in P3, we would have been like, oh my god, this is Bianca from the future. What is she doing here? Oh my god, she's evil. What is happening? Like... This is all we get. And what a it good just, idea. It just didn't serve my purpose. And so she just looked super bitter and weird. And I just was not feeling it. So I'll just leave it at that. Bye, Bianca. So a couple of notes from this episode. The title is a play on the term crisscrossed. Crisscrossed. With two S's. This is one of the few episodes that doesn't play a song after the opening theme. Did you notice that? I didn't even notice that. Go back and watch and see if that is true. I don't remember a song. So, yeah. Also, at the Hollowell Museum, again, we're going to go through everything that we saw. Some of the costumes from earlier episodes displayed. The superheroine costumes from Witches and Tights. The mermaid costume um, from Witches' Tale made no sense. Uh, The outfit worn by Isis. In E2 Mommy Tempian, the nymph outfit from Nymphs Just Want to Have yes. Fun, the Little Red Riding Hood robe, cloak from Happily Ever After, the clothing of the evil enchantress from A Night to Remember, and Prue's blue outfit from Which Prue Is It Anyway? Where? Where? I is, need to see Prue's outfit. Is that the black dress? Is that that, that was the evil enchantress dress? Oh no, but I or is that when Pur wore her blue sweater over it? Is that I don't remember her wearing. Did she wear a long dress? It looked like a long dress. We'll have to go back and see. I am if they actually threw Pur's sweater in there, I will. Oh my god, this is like amazing. This I is know. like a whole. <laughs> All right, Ryan. So we haven't gotten one of these in a while. It is time for. Charmy Confessions. All right, so this confession comes from Samantha, and it is about this episode. Since my favorite episode of the season six is coming up, crisscrossed, I wanted to share that I think Wyatt turning evil was foreshadowed back in season four. Remember the episode where Cole gets Phoebe to eat the chocolates with his blood so she conceives. Then Piper accidentally eats one and it makes her want to have sex. And that is when we can presume that she conceived Wyatt. To me, this means that Wyatt has always had a bit of Cole in him, making him more susceptible to evil. Would love to know what you think. Samantha, you want to know what I think. That is the best theory I have ever heard of. Like, that was so good. I never 
thought about oh, that. See, uh, okay, so I completely forgot she ate a chocolate. Cole laughed it off, and they totally did it in the kitchen. That is amazing. I love it. That is so clever. That is such a clever theory. Uh, it and thank you so much, Samantha, for writing in that. I actually always wondered what happened with that chocolate and. That, though, I supposedly read as, although this sounds much better, like a much better plot line, so I rather wish that this is what it is, but from what I've read over the years is actually, because I always ask, what happened with the chocolate? What happened with the chocolate? Like, did it do anything to Piper? Evidently, it only was an aphrodisiac, supposedly, even though with the blood. So I've always wondered that as well. So Samantha, you are a very smart and bright person, but supposedly it was just an aphrodisiac, but I know we had the blood involved, but from what I've read over the years, people have explained this as it just didn't mean nothing. It's a very creative thought. I love that. It, it just, the way she even wrote it, I just, I'm, in my, I'm impressed. So that was great. Thank you so, so much, Samantha. And so remember, cool. if any of you guys have any opinions, any thoughts on the show or even the episode we are covering, whether it has aired or not, even if it's a past episode, let me know. Uh, I'll see if I can work it into the episode and read what you guys write. Remember that you can also leave a voicemail and have your voices heard literally on the show by leaving a message on the Anchor app to our podcast, and you'll see uh, your message being played on the show. So thank you so much for that. Now it's time to judge some men. It is time for Hot Man Meter. All right, we are going to start with Adult Wyatt. This is played by Wes Ramsey, and I'm telling you guys, look his ass up. He looked so good back then, especially in the movie Latter Days. He played a very gay, in-the-scene, twinky sort of man, muscles for days, long hair. He just fit the profile of an L.A. gay, and he looked great. I was so happy to see him in this show. What do you think about Wes Ramsey? He still looks good, Rob. And I still think he looks good. He looks even better. I like him even better today. Like I follow him on Instagram. And he's with Mama Hollowell, by the way. They're on like the soap opera together, still together. So he gets to see his grandmother all the time at work. That's awesome. So weird. You but- wonder if his relationship with Charmed has like on bad terms or something. He's never at any of the conventions. He's never done any like interviews or showing up at cons. Like where has he been? Why is he not a part of this family? Maybe it's that soap opera, like, you know, schedule. maybe. But I know sometimes he'll mention like mom to Holly on, on different social medias, but yes, adult wide is going on my list. Okay. He is going at the number four spot, Rob. Okay, very cool. Uh, I also am putting Adult Wyatt on my Hot Man meter, and he is also my number four. (laughs) Right under Chris. I just think... Oh, he's under my Chris, too! (laughs) So, here's the thing with Wyatt, and we do see him again. I like his look better later yeah right now based on this evil wyatt it is it's not as hot as chris so he goes right under chris 
Now, what about Greg, played by Jason Shaw? Well, unfortunately, this is the first time that I have to knock someone off my list because Oscar the Dog at number 10 is leaving and I'm inserting Greg into my 10 spot. So I am a full hot man meter currently. Okay, so Greg can go at any time, but he definitely made the list to beat out Oscar. Yes. Okay. Goodbye, Joe Millionaire. All right. Greg has also triumphed over Oscar as well. He is going right above Oscar, played by Evian, or Evan Marriott. And if any of you guys have been paying attention, Oscar was my number one. We have a new number one, Greg. <laughs> I find Greg to be so freaking handsome. This was my literal type when I first came out. It was the boy next door. It was the brunette long hair. He was tall. I just love this look on a guy. And he just fits everything. He's not perfect, but I love this man. Greg is my new number one, which means I've knocked two men off of my list. And now Virgil from last week is my new number 10 rounding up my hot man meter now remember we also got bianca in this episode maybe she fits under a possibility to be your hottest female i want you all to update your lists make sure you are keeping up each episode and remember i'm going to ask you to submit your list to me at the end of the season so i can build a charmy hot man meter for season six you also should pick one hot female and one most adorable male or female or any gender and we will also compile your best hottest woman and most adorable all right was there an mvp this week i'm gonna say chris for thinking of the board in the attic i think that's a really smart plot device okay we'll see see i love how you always choose your mvps based on the play of the week so that is a play of the week for sure you're right you're right you're right i always do that but he can also be your mvp too is so you he think you think he's the most valuable player this episode yeah i guess i'll give it to chris because everyone else just kind of was okay all right sounds out good on the, out of the mana <laughs> <laughs> all right so for this episode i actually don't have an mvp uh, I think Chris definitely did all that he could to save the sisters and, you know, play both sides and do whatever. But he was lying and didn't trust nobody and tried to do it all by himself. And I'm not for that. It's just typical Chris. And sorry, you almost died because it's whatever. So, yeah, nobody's getting MVP this week. But I will say the play of the week goes to Elise with her amazing Ooh, advice yeah. to Phoebe. I love her her scene and that is my favorite of this episode so she gets play of the week for me can i give elise my mvp then actually you make a great point yes, i want can. yes she should be the mvp definitely for that moment Very great good. acting too so next week on charmed witch stock <laughs> so here's the thing with witch stock that time period not necessarily my favorite to really explore on tv it's just not my thing i think this episode is fun 
But I will tell you this, if I was casually just watching it in the background, I would most likely fast forward this episode. Wow. Just saying. Really? I, I do. I mean, to me, it just seems like a very episodic, like, mm. anything that happens in this episode doesn't really matter to the entire plot. I just want to continue the story. Yeah, after so, this heavy episode, right. So <laughs> I, it's not something that I would pay attention to, but I remember it being a lot of fun. And, of course, there is a big, huge shenanigan going on in this episode. And we've talked about this in the beginning of the season, but we'll address it a little bit more while we go through it next week. What about you? Do you remember liking or disliking this right away? I actually, I like the episode. It is a standard, like Rob's saying, episode of the week. But it it is ruined because of that inconsistency that we'll i guess we'll speak about next week i want to thank all of you who chose to listen to our episode this week thank you for sticking with us we really appreciate it also remember to have a wonderful wonderful sunday brunch or whenever you are listening to this have a wonderful wonderful day and we will be back next week with another episode ryan thank you so much for continuing on this journey with me And we will see you next week on Brunch with the Hollowells. Goodbye, Charmies. Goodbye, Charmies. Episodes of Charmed return. This is your birthday present. You whipped up a gigolo? The new year kicks in with a trip back to the 60s. Far out. Love, lots and lots of love. Charmed Witch Doc. Hello, this is Ryan at the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. If you like the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, this podcast may be for you. Covering everything from video games, movies, TV shows, and cartoons, every week's a new adventure. I know that in every generation, a slayer is born, and that the power of three will set you free. Please find us where most podcasts are available, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor FM.